Welcome to the High Vibe Tribe podcast with me, your host, Dawn Owen. I'm a wife, a mom, and an entrepreneur, a speaker, a zero BS coach, and a lover of the high vibe life. I help business leaders like you create huge breakthroughs in their life and business so that you can achieve the freedom and impact you want and deserve. In this podcast, you will hear me talk all about mindset, money, and magic. The power trio that I know will get you where you want to go fast. This is the High Vibe Tribe podcast. Hi Vibe Tribe, how are you doing today? So this is the second part of the things to stop doing if you want to be more successful in your life and business. I did part one last week where I covered the first two things, which were stop playing small and stop procrastinating. Two huge ones if you want more success. So if you haven't listened to that episode yet, make sure you go back and have a listen after this one. You don't need to listen to that episode before this one. It doesn't matter what order you listen to them in. And you may want to grab something to take notes on for both of these episodes because they do require action from you. Not just listening in and thinking, ooh, she's got some good stuff, that Dorno in. This is about you doing something different to what you're doing now. So... What are the other two things that I invite you to stop doing if you want to be more successful? Well, actually, it's one stop and one start. And the first one today is to stop past dominant thinking. So past dominant thinking. What does that even mean? It means living in the past. For many of us, we believe that our past equals our future. And it's absolutely true if that's what you believe. So we spend a lot of time mulling over our mistakes, our misfortunes, our missed opportunities in the past. And this just creates a really crappy state within us that is absolutely no use to us whatsoever. We constantly go over past situations with a negative view and a very disempowered view of them and we don't even realize that we have the power to change now and this is something a lot of times that is tied to past dominant thinking it's a big component of it and we can stress ourselves out just based on our thoughts alone you know this so I want you to keep that in mind that letting go of the past isn't just something that's a good idea to stop doing it we need to really address it because here's the problem with past dominant thinking you have no power in the past I'm gonna say that again you have no power in the past you are not Marty McFly you cannot go back and change things but The beauty of this is once you realize that the past is in the past and you have no power there, you have all the power right now to affect change moving forward. So start to use the past instead of allowing the past to use us because everything that you've been through 
is providing you an opportunity. As hard as it might be to see it, there's an opportunity to grow, to evolve, to become more in some way. There's a gift in it somewhere. Look, we've all been through stuff, but let me tell you this. Those people who are successful, who are thriving, who are finding fulfillment in their life, they are the ones who are using their past and learning from those things and not allowing their past to use them. Let me give you a great example of this. And it's something that you'll have heard before, some of you. Thomas Edison, a great example of somebody who used the past and didn't allow the past to use him. Because here's the thing. He failed thousands of times at perfecting the light bulb. Did you know that? If he would have been stuck in his past, just thinking about all the mistakes, all the failures, then we wouldn't have any light right now in our homes. He had this audacious, and again, this goes back to thinking bigger than you ever have and stop playing small that we talked about in last week's episode he had the audacious idea that we can provide light in everyone's home in the world imagine that at the time he was probably considered an absolute nutter just for thinking that you've got to push through all of those things all the negativity all the failures and learn from them because what he said is that he simply found all of the ways that didn't work but it was all leading him to something that did work so it's a great example it's important to know our history but only to learn from it to get the messages the lessons and then move forward so what are some action steps you can take here when it comes to moving past past dominant thinking moving beyond past dominant thinking here's what I want you to do first of all I want you to ask yourself, whatever negative thing you may have gone through or struggle or seeming failure, I want you to ask yourself, what are three valuable lessons that experience has taught me that I can apply in my life today? Let me say that again. What are three valuable lessons that experience has taught me that I can apply in my life today? Because there is something, I absolutely promise you, there are likely multiple things that experience taught you that you can apply right now. Maybe it's in how you parent. Maybe it's how you operate in relationships or how you operate in your business. There are gifts there if we can look back at those negative situations and pull the good from it. If you can do that for yourself, I know it's going to free you up to accomplish massive things. We've got to stop past dominant thinking. Why did this happen to me? Why me? Why didn't they help me? I'm going to stop all that and start asking empowering questions. What can I learn from the situation? What was this situation teaching me so that I can now create the life that I truly want? So to change and break three of the break three, break free of the past, you must, can you hear me slamming my fist there, must begin to change your thoughts. You have to change your thoughts. So here are some more action steps for you to help you let go of past dominant thinking. 
First one, and we've talked about this a bit already, is to work on your self-talk. To stop the past dominant thinking, we have to begin to speak to ourselves differently and to start to speak to ourselves like we would somebody that we love, somebody to love. You know, I've got to get some singing in there. We speak to our children in a certain way, we speak to our best friend in a certain way, and then we speak to ourselves like absolute crap, like somebody that we might even hate. So whenever you hear that voice coming up saying that you're not good enough, you're stupid, you're ugly, you're whatever it is, these negative things that we say to ourselves, I want you to catch yourself and you say, no, we do not talk to Dawn in that way. You obviously put your name in there, not mine, just to be clear. So then you start to build this other voice that over time can become a stronger voice that puts that negative voice in the corner over there with baby. We love you, right? So let's start talking to ourselves in that way. Check yourself and catch yourself when you're speaking to yourself in a detrimental way. Lots of yourselves in there. So first action, work on your self-talk. Next, get yourself in healthy social circles. This is huge. We are a product of our environment, but we are also creators of our environment, so we can create and engage and get ourselves in social circles that uplift us, that are healthy. This is one of the biggest tools that got me from where I was to where I am. I love this phrase that I'm going to share with you now. I don't know who said it originally, but I actually got it from my husband. He absolutely loves this one. So you have to listen carefully to this. You can't change the people around you, but you can change the people around you. Let me say it again. You can't change the people around you, but you can change the people around you. So be careful who you're spending your time with is the lesson here. Spend it with people who lift you up. That was a great song by Jerry Hallowell, if you didn't know. Spend your time with people who lift you up, not drag you down. Don't be a part of crab mentality. You know that story, the one about the crabs in the bucket? I'm going to tell it you anyway, gorgeous listener. The crabs in a bucket phenomenon refers to a pattern that has been observed from watching the behavior of crabs in a fisherman's bucket. It all starts when one crab tries to escape. When the other crabs notice this, they immediately start to pull the crab that's trying to escape back into the bucket. What absolute bitches. This resistance occurs repeatedly any time a crab tries to get out. The group will prevent it from escaping. And due to this phenomenon, the fisherman can leave the bucket without a lid, securing the knowledge that every time one crab tries to escape, the others will go out of their way to drag it back into the bucket. So don't surround yourself with crabs. It's just That's just making me giggle. Moving on. episode of the High Vibe Tribe podcast is sponsored by author and writing mentor Shelley Wilson. Shelley was a guest on episode 26 of the podcast, so be sure to listen in to that too. Shelley is a multi-genre author of self-help, children's meditation, 
fiction, young adult and writing planners with 20 titles under her belt. When she's not working on her own books, she helps women in business write their books to boost visibility and create opportunities. If you're looking for a summer read, be sure to check out her Amazon author page or sign up with her publisher to find out about her upcoming releases. The links for both of those are in the show notes. And if you want to explore turning your book idea into reality, then connect with Shelley on authorshellywilson at gmail.com and start your journey to becoming an author today. And now back to the podcast. Next, next step to breaking free from the past, share your story. Open up, whether it's with a family member, a friend or coaching, learn to open up. Stop carrying this stuff around because one of the greatest gifts I've seen is just when you speak stuff out, when you begin to process it, you can start to hear the things and see them for what they are versus what we're carrying around in our mind and looking at things in a distorted fashion. This was another huge one for me personally. I rarely opened up about anything to anyone. And when I started to, and it was a slow process, I'm not going to lie, things started to change for me. And that is a whole story, whole other story for another day. Maybe I'll even share it on a podcast. Get a bit brave. So find someone to start sharing with. And my final suggested action to start to eliminate your past dominant thinking is to immerse yourself in positive reminders of who you want to be and what you want for your life. So whether that's a vision board or having sticky notes posted up or pictures, different things that remind you of who you are, who you want to be and the life that you want to create. Have those positive reminders. Maybe we just have it on your screensaver on your phone. Just have something that reminds you frequently of where you're going and what you want to be, do and have. So that was the third thing to stop doing if you want more success for your life and business. Stop that past dominant thinking. So Here we go now onto the fourth and final thing. And this is actually a start rather than a stop something. The fourth thing is start saying no. For the love of God, people, this is a massive one. I think it's one of the things that comes up most often when I'm talking with people that I meet. We just seem to have a problem with saying no to stuff. And if you are someone who struggles to say no, you're not alone. I think that was a song by Olive. Getting them all out today. When I googled how to say no, there are 11 billion results, literally 11 billion. Many of us really struggle with this tiny one syllable word. And why is that? Because inherently we're people pleasers and we just don't want to be rude. We think that saying no is rude. Maybe we're afraid that people won't want to be our friend anymore if we say no too many times. Perhaps it's because we get FOMO. We don't want to say no to something that could be the next big thing. Yes might be your go-to response because you like being reliable and you like being the person that people know will be there for them when they need something big or small. But look, 
I'm coming at you with another truth bomb here. For you to achieve the things that you want to achieve in your life, you need to get better at saying no, plain and simple. There's only a limited amount of time in a day, in a week, in your life. We already talked about this in part one. And while you could decide to push aside your own wants and needs to please please others and not miss out, then you have got to say no to the things that you want in your life. And why should we do that? Why should we do it? So why do we do it? Maybe you're a kick the problem further along, i.e. pass the book to your future self. We know all about that, right? We talked about that in part one too. So here's something for you. Does this sound familiar? Someone asks you to do something, be somewhere, prep something, whatever it is, and you say, I can't this week, I'm too busy. And the person you need to say no to says, well, how about the following week? And then you're like, yeah, yeah, that could work. Fast forward to that week where you've already got a jam-packed schedule with socials, work, networking, and it comes to the time when you're supposed to be doing the thing that you said you would, i.e. the person you should have said no to, and you're like, I'm really sorry to do this, but something came up. I'm so sorry I have to cancel. Hopefully I'll be able to feed you unicorn next time. Person I should have said no to? No worries. Inserts passive-aggressive emoji. Now. The person I should have said no to is more annoyed than had I just said no in the very beginning. And I feel guilty AF. Not exactly a win-win situation. We also struggle to say no because we get FOMO. I mentioned that earlier. We struggle to say no because often we want to say yes. We love spending time with our friends and doing fun activities and hanging out. But you have to limit those things to accomplish what you set out for yourself because you want those things more in the long run, right? So how do you get comfortable with saying no? Well, I've got three different ways of looking at the no for you. Number one, ask yourself, what do you want to say yes to? This is a great tool for reframing your perspective. Reframing is something that we help our clients see is super beneficial to them. Instead of focusing on what you want to say no to, which might be a negative experience, remind yourself of the things that you want to say yes to. You want to say yes to personal growth. You want to say yes to crushing your goal, crushing your goals. You want to say yes to the people you care about most and the people you want to learn from or be like. And you want to say yes to the opportunities that will help you get there. Yes to calm, yes to focus. That's a much more positive thought and experience than I need to say no, I want to say no. How do I say no? I don't want to do this. I'm too tired. I don't feel like socializing. Why did they ask me to do this anyway? They Don't they know I need to wash my unicorn tonight? What do you want to say yes to instead of what are you saying no to? Not only is this helpful in reframing, but it's also motivation to remember what your goals are and why you want to say no in the first place. Second way to look at the no. Remember that saying yes to someone you don't want to isn't being true to yourself or to them. Think about when you ask people to do things and they say no and explain why. Would you prefer that they just sucked it up and attended, participated, whatever it was anyway, in a half-assed fashion just to please you? Probably not. You want people who are going to show up because they want to be there, not because they feel obligated in some way or because they don't want to hurt your feelings. Saying no is a way to be authentic and it saves everyone time. And the third way to look at the no, do a life audit. 
if you find yourself receiving lots of requests that just do not align with the path, what's wrong with me today, with the path you want to be on, then do a life audit to see why what you want and what's coming your way are not aligned. Do I find myself doing things to please people who have different priorities in life? Perhaps I should look at finding some friends who have similar priorities. Am I getting requests online to have meetings or guests on podcasts with people you wouldn't want to talk to in real life? Perhaps the type of content you're putting out into the world isn't attracting the type of people you want to attract. There's some definite value in looking at our stuff and identifying what might be a stray. That's the very reason you're deciding to say no in the first place, right? What you want and what you do haven't been as aligned as you'd like to achieve what you want. So saying no is a way for you to start heading down that path. So those are the reframing of the no's. What about the actual saying no bit? Once you've realized that saying no is what you're going to do, what are some ways to say no? Well, you could compliment the person's request. I really wanted to do this. I respect you and your work and I'm honored that you've asked me, but I'm going to have to say thank you and I've got to pass. Use your own kind of words there. The compliment works well because it makes a requester feel good about the no. Second way, I've thought carefully about this. That phrase is so vital because it shows that you're not rejecting something flippantly, but you've considered it carefully and decided it wasn't the right thing for you at the right time. To me, that's a lot easier to swallow than a quick no thanks. Or my final one for ways to say no, and I do love this one, is create a policy. Stick to it and use it as a reason you can't commit to something. For instance, you could explain that you're following the advice of some zero bullshit coach that you've heard and you're experimenting with not taking on any new things until you finish your never ending to do list. I know you feel the pain of that list. So you could say something like this. So you know what? My life right now is a bit like fighting a hydra. I'm, I'm hoping that if I'm ruthlessly efficient and follow this plan, one day I'm going to get to the point where the list actually gets shorter instead of longer. In the meantime, unfortunately, the ruthless efficiency part of this plan means that I'm having to turn down things like this just as a blanket policy. A policy? Genius! Using a policy makes it feel way less personal. You're not rejecting the person. You're just saying, sorry, the policy says I can't. So you could have a policy of not scheduling more than three social or networking or work-related things per week. Three things, that's it. That's all I'm allowed to commit to outside of my other obligations, projects, goals, and tasks. So there you go. Start saying no to the stuff you don't want or need to do. And that means you have more time to say yes to the stuff that you say you want to do. Simples, my friends. So that, my lovely peeps, is the end of this fab two-parter, even if I say so myself, on the things I invite you to stop or start doing if you want more success for your life and business. So number one, stop playing small. Number two, stop procrastinating. They were in the previous episode. Go back and check it out. And then three, stop your past dominant thinking. And four, start saying no, which is what we've covered in today's episode. So I would love you to let me know which ones resonated with you the most and what actions are you going to take as a result? 
find me on my socials and drop me a message or email me on team at doorknowing.com. So that's it for this week's episode. I'm going to be back next week with a brand new episode. And in the meantime, you know what to do. Keep those vibes high. Thank you for listening to the High Vibe Tribe podcast with me, Dawn Owen. I'd love to know what your number one takeaway was from this episode. Feel free to screenshot the episode and tag me in on social media. And if you know someone who would enjoy it too, then don't keep it to yourself. Share the vibes. Don't forget to hit subscribe so you get notified as soon as the next episode drops. If you're not already a part of the High Vibe Tribe community over on Facebook, then come and join us there. The link is in the show notes. And I'll see you on the next episode. In the meantime, keep those vibes high.